Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, back with me this week, we have Marty Sobo. Hey, all. We have Angie Fisher. Hello. And we have Lynn Snyder. Hello. All right. So on this episode, we, it's it's kind of a crazy episode. We recorded last week and we're going to be dropping an episode of the IACast today uh, on the day of recording and we'll be dropping this one this Saturday. So we've got a lot of content coming out for you guys um, very quickly. You know, we we didn't think Google I.O. was going to be as big of an event as we did, um, which you can watch on the IACast Plus uh, feed. You know, had to had to throw that in there. IACast.net slash IACast Plus will get you to that. Promote but, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you could hear the our discussion during the event, so it was really good. We had a few folks there with us. Did you enjoy that, Lynn? I did. This was the first year that I really paid attention um, to Google's, you know, I.O. Because usually I'm hanging out with just the Apple stuff. But this year, Google had so much stuff that, you know, it was just pretty amazing. Right. I actually really enjoy the Google presentations because apples are apples are a bit different. They're more they're more scripted. They're more polished. But I feel like Google's. I mean, yeah, they have their, their their thing that they have to go by as well, obviously. But it, it just feels like more like watching people showing off. Look what I did! Look what I made! And 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 really enjoying it. You I know what I mean? Say, like that's that's the difference. I would say the only downfall to it is that unfortunately you it's know everything discard. before the event <laughs> happens. Yeah, it seems like nowadays, even well, even with Apple, somehow mm-hmm. these rumors get. I guess because. Suppliers, you know, they, the leaks can come from a lot of different places. But somebody works for a supplier or something can just put stuff out on the web. But yeah, I mean, if if you didn't have those leaks, it would be more of a more of a surprise, I guess. But everybody was all excited about the phones, you know, the the new hardware coming right. out. I think that was the. And they save that for the the end, you know, saving the best for last, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I I think, and so there's a there's a a YouTube channel, and if you guys do not subscribe to this, if you want to learn more about programming, um, the the channel is called Fireship, and um, uh, he's kind of a he has a dry sense of humor, but his name is Jeff, and he does great work um, talking about programming, and he has these videos like. And he like name a programming language like Python or JavaScript, and it's JavaScript in a hundred seconds. And he goes through all this stuff, but he does a, a a weekly or a few times a week segment called the Code Report. And he did one on Google, and uh, he took every instance of them saying the word AI. At, oh my god! <laughs> at at the uh, at the event, and it was pretty hilarious. Just and, and, and I there were someone might do that because it was it was definitely. Yeah. It could have been the AI uh, drinking game. It really yes. could. I oh, mean, yeah. if they said AI a lot, and loads, you know, Sorry. Google recognizes the writings on the wall. You know, OpenAI uh-huh. and all others are competitors in this space, and Google should have been the ones out on top. Yeah, but, the stakes were high for Google this time. Very high. I mean, they were, but you know, they're I, not. The, go ahead. I I, I was just going to say I I was. Wanting us to to take a step back and and really talk about the first things that because Apple kind of showed Google up this time, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Because the day before I/O, we got two new apps from Apple announced. <laughs> and do you guys think that that was a coincidence? No, 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 no. not at all. You're... Yeah, it's. No. Because now they had something pre-Google, and now they're going to have something after because we have WWDC coming up. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is Apple announced 
a very exciting thing. And I, I personally find these almost more exciting than Google IO because I'm an Apple fan, but that's, you know, me. Apple announced Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro for iPad. We never thought we'd see the day. No, especially since for so long now, they've been making these iPads that have so much power in terms of the hardware. Mm -hmm. And then we're going, what are they making these crazy high-powered iPads for? But there's no software, at least Apple's not putting out any software to utilize the power that they're making with these things. So they just seemed like overkill, you know? Um, The OS is kind of underwhelming as far as what it could do. Given the yeah. iPad specs. Yeah, it wasn't much different from what right. the iPhone OS was, really. Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. there are third-party companies that are making audio editing software, video editing software, photography software, but nothing from uh, Apple. And Apple. so now we finally got the Apple professional apps. So mm-hmm. we never thought, I kind of at this point thought we'd never see it, but surprise, surprise, there they are. I knew it was a matter of time. But... You know, we just didn't know how long it would take. And, you know, we're starting to see, you know, we have Final Cut and Logic Pro. And my question is, you know, I haven't seen a new Xcode beta. What does that mean? WWDC. Are we going to see our third professional app come out at WWDC? I'm thinking so, especially that's directly involved uh, with WWDC. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would not be surprised in the least bit if they announced uh, the new Xcode at WWDC. And that would mean all of their professional, well, most of their professional apps would be on iPad. Correct. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. And, you know, that also means that we're going to see you know, so many, you know, people saying, well, do I need a Mac anymore? And, you know, I think that's yeah. going to be a whole, when, when these apps come out, that's going to be a whole discussion on its own for this podcast is, do you need a Mac when these apps come out? Well, I would put this caveat there. And I would say that the great thing about the iPad is two things. One is, even if you are a professional, you have the ability to easily take your work with you and work almost anywhere. I mean, you could work in a plane. If -hmm. you're traveling, you can Uh work in a coffee shop. I mean, really, it gives you the ability to be able to work anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so for a professional, it's a great option to be able to have something like that. Right. The other thing about iPad, which is great, is there are a lot of people, beginner to advanced, that don't really want to deal with the operating system and learning all of the things you have to learn to actually run a computer because just running the computer is completely different. You got to know how to do all these other things. And then if you're someone who needs to use any of the accessibility features like voiceover, well, then you've Mm -hmm. got to learn voiceover. And if you're new or if you're a beginner to the computer world, all of that is daunting to learn how to do all that stuff before you even get into any production or productivity kind of work so mm-hmm. now whereas if you know your phone and use iphone you pretty mm-hmm. much you, you already know your gestures and you're good to go it's just a matter of plugging that in exactly. yeah i'm right, right now side. taking a uh, i'm taking a mac class right now to learn how to you know better utilize my mac but i am completely comfortable with the phone so yes. a lot know, of people say I that Certainly. Now, I guess the whole thing is, too, it's like most of the things that you would do with it would be prep, you know, based on Bluetooth, right? I mean, you would. So, and the question would be even Braille displays. Um, uh, I, I had really thought about just getting an, getting a, a, um, an iPad because as Marty was saying, the power and the possibilities for the iPad are really starting to, you know, starting to kind of compete with, with the MacBooks right. and the um, Mac the, Minis. There are still limitations, like uh, at least in iPadOS 16. You cannot change individual volumes on devices. That That is a big 
issue right now. Um, the so, only way you might get around that is if you use like a USB C mic, like the like the profile, right? The Sennheiser that would give profile. you at least a bit of gain control, mm-hmm. but that, that's about it, right? Or an well, interface you could, of some kind. You could plug in a USB C interface and yeah, then you plug your the microphone too. into into the interface. But, but I will say this for people who are in the podcasting world that is still has a make or break deal for being able to use the iPad for everything, and that is you cannot record locally and remotely at the same time. So what that means is if you're working with other people and you need to be, for example, in Zoom, right? But Mm -hmm. then you also need to be able to record locally. Mm -hmm. You cannot do that. So that is a huge deal for people who are in the podcasting world and they will always go to a computer Mm -hmm. Until that's resolved. If they resolve that on the iPad and you're and you are able to do that, that'll be a game changer. But mm-hmm. I think for majority of podcast people, unless you're a single person only recording by yourself and never with anyone else, then maybe that would be okay for you to do everything on an iPad. But otherwise, until they change that, it, I think that most podcasters are going to choose to go with the computer than to go with the iPad solely for that reason. And you know, we have limitations we found. With Final Cut, uh, I Justine, who's a very popular YouTuber, got to go hands on with Final Cut, and you know I love watching those kind of things. Uh, she's one of my favorite YouTubers because she is truthful. She looks at this stuff and is honest about it. And one major issue, at least, and, and keep in mind, folks, when when we talk about this, this is version one, right? I mean, we have Final Cut for Mac, but this might as well be version one for iPad, right? Yeah. So. If we're looking at these as limitations, it's only version one limitations. So I want to put that out there. You cannot use multiple, you cannot use external storage for Final Cut. So if you have a, if you have a 256 or 512 gig iPad, you're going to fill that up pretty quick with Final Cut projects because if you're looking at 4K or 8K and you have more, just, I mean, just think if you have more than one video. Yep. You know, that's going to fill up quick. And if you can't store your libraries on other drives, that's going to be a problem. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one limitation. There's another one. Um, and this one's also kind of big. And that is Final Cut projects are not, I repeat, are not cross-platform so you cannot send a final cut project to the mac to the mac yeah um, and and open it in uh final cut for mac oh what about coming the other way can you take a project from mac and open it in ipad final cut no not cross-platform because apparently each one has its own feature sets that are not in the other Wow. I, I think the Mac huh. the Mac version has several similar features, but like the drawing and things like that are only on the iPad version. Hmm. I find that. Uh... Yeah, that's. I wonder if that's a limitation that will eventually be fixed, or you know, I mm-hmm. I wonder if again, like you said, this is version one, so perhaps this is coming in some. I can't imagine that people would really want those limitations. Right. I mean, if you are uh, traveling and you've got your iPad with you and you've just taken a whole bunch of footage and you're flying home on a five-hour flight and you want to pull out your iPad and start cutting up some of the footage and you want to kind of start getting organized and all that, then you're stuck on your iPad. You can't bring it to a computer once you get home and finish or add or do whatever. That's a huge limitation. Yeah, that's real big. That's almost a deal breaker. Well, how way, are you going to get it off the? the how do you get that, it off your iPad? The way that they're explaining Sorry. it is, you start the project on the iPad and then you'd finish it on the iPad because it has just as many features as the Mac version. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it does. It does have keyboard and mouse support, so people yes. that are using that will be able to use keystrokes and the same keystrokes that they've used on the Mac. So all of that stuff is there. It sounds like it has more sound libraries and, and music that you can use that are maybe not on the Mac, which is interesting. New themes that are not on the Mac. They've also hmm. changed the 
interface in the sense of they know that you have a smaller interface. So they've added some buttons to show things and hide things so that Mm -hmm. you're not trying to have so much clutter on such a small screen. So instead of moving windows around and having their own little spaces or using multiple screens and sliding, you know, your timeline over here and, you know, some assets over there, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They've made it in the iPad so that you, you know, can turn things on and off if you're not needing them. And bigger touch targets too. Exactly. And I guess you also, like you were saying, can use the pencil for Mm -hmm. editing and cutting and, you know, whatever. Or your fingers, or you could use the pencil to actually annotate text right into a video, which is pretty neat. Right. Which I cannot draw that well, so that would not look good. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. We also got Logic Pro. We don't know as much about that one. Um, Although we do know two things uh, about these products. The Final Cut will require an M1 iPad or higher. Logic Pro requires a an iPad with a, an A12 chip or higher. So that means, folks, Logic Pro should work on the iPad Mini. Wow, that would be hmm. a very small editing space, but okay. Yeah, very interesting. Now, are it? the rules standing the same for Logic Pro as well? It's no. only on the iPad and you can't go back and forth from We your do computer. not know. Uh, we do not know yet. We only knew about Final Cut because of Justine's video. Right. I mean, it may be enlisted somewhere, but that's the only place I had, I had seen those. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's some great news for everyone. Since we don't know now, we will all know together at the same time on May 23rd, yes. because that's when it's dropping. And it's going to be $5 a month or $50 a year for each one. So if you get both, that's a, either $10 a month or $50 a year. And if you get one, it's $5 a month or $50 a year. Yeah, $100 a year for both. Now, you may think that that's another subscription and that's, you know, uh, just another thing that you have to add to the subscription things that we've been talking about. But think about this. You're looking at professional level tools, right? You're not looking at iMovie. You're not looking at GarageBand. You're looking at professional level tools, and and let's consider what we get if we have to get Premiere or um, Audition or any of those programs. You're looking at twenty plus dollars a month from Adobe, easily. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they are on iPad, right? They are not on iPad. They have iPad versions, but and, the full versions are not on iPad, and they're not accessible. Right. So think about that. That you know, if you it's take take. Um, if you go to Starbucks and you get a coffee, that's almost two coffees a month. Just think about that. But as you were saying before, it, when you're talking about professional, if you are a professional, you're going to need professional tools. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's going to be part of your business um, expenses. I mean... Exactly. You probably could write it off. I mean, that's not that huge. Or even if you're a student, you know, if you're a student, it's it's worth, you know, paying that amount as well. It's a really good price. Yeah. And, I mean, it was only a matter of time before Apple did that, you know. Well, there's going to be a couple of us here that are definitely begin getting our hands on the software once it drops. So we'll have to report back on a later date once we give uh, some time to be able to play with the apps and see how they work and all of that fun stuff. And we will probably be doing some reviews and demos of it here on our YouTube channel in our on the iCast uh, network. So do a, do a, a demo from like install, you know, the installation mm-hmm. process through yep. first. Uh, It'd be I don't have an iPad. I need to get an iPad now. This is a must. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this is kind of attention. Get an iPad, kind of. Yep. You yep. know, um, it's worth it. Makes I mean, me uh, makes you rethink it. It's like okay, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because I've always thought, you know, traditionally, like being totally blind. What was the draw? What was the what was the the thing that? Wow, why would a blind For me? person really? 
I like the iPad because it lets me see like literally, um, you know, in, in real, real, real time or real space where everything is on, on the screen. I like the larger screen. I like, I like having all this, the additional screen real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of blind people don't, they, they go for the mini because, you know, it, it's just a lot of, of, of space to deal with, but I like, I like knowing where, you know, not having to scroll constantly to get from place to place and such. It's just well, helpful. And that's, that you know, you bring up a good point, Angie, because one of the one of the points that I really like to stress on this podcast is a lot of blind people just like to swipe to everything. And it's and it's a it's not the best habit to have because if you just rely on swiping, you may miss information that are that is not in the swipe order. It should be to be accessible, but it's not always. And so if you could right. use the explore by touch and kind of understand the uh, relationship and and it kind of helps you with your sighted peers if you could say it does you know yeah. uh, you're, you're, what you're looking for is in the upper left hand corner mm-hmm. yeah down from yeah. blah blah x x thing on your screen yeah. I also take advantage yeah. of the vertical bar uh, the, uh, on the right side of your screen I use that a lot you know what the vertical I, when navigation that first came out I thought a lot oh, of, I hate this thing a lot of people but, felt the same way but I loved it I, I'm like oh this is because I have a huge audible library and swiping through that thing is is a disaster even even scrolling yeah. it. Is it, just, is well, it, takes, it took forever. So that really helps me a lot. Yeah, we, I get an email where a whole bunch of events are broken out. Uh-huh. And sometimes they'll, they'll do on the weekend um, for an organization that, you know, ACB, which they have their community calls and they put their whole weekend worth of community calls in there. And if you didn't have that bar, I mean, you would literally have to swipe or scroll like, when they get to Sunday, I know it's going to be at least 50% of the way down. So, you know, uh-huh. the, with the, with the, you know, the bar, it's so much easier. You just get places faster. Yeah. So, and, and I, and I totally okay. agree with, with Angie about, and, and you guys about the swiping. I do think that as a blind person, you need to learn how to explore by touch. That's just something that's really important. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't even. You know, to, to each person their own. Obviously, you no know, two people learn the same way. But it's not very convenient to, you know, touch the top of your screen, swipe fifteen times to the right, and then click this or tap this button or double mm-hmm. tap here. Like, just no, don't do that. You know, believe it or not, um, I was helping Taylor with something. And a dialogue that if you use VO right arrow on the computer was not accessible, but I did explore by touch with trackpad commander. You know how you just drag your finger mm-hmm. and it will read. Yep. And it actually found the elements in that dialogue. Yeah. I love trackpad commander for that reason. I use yep. that most of the time on the Mac where I, where I can and mm-hmm. you know, keyboard is kind of secondary. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Again, we're going to find out more about these apps, but I think that the this is Google came out with a bunch of stuff, and we're going to talk about that next because it's important. And we'll, we'll double back to the iPads in just a minute when we're talking about the Google stuff. But I think that these apps are important. We're going to have to keep a very close eye on this, and we're going to have reviews and talk a lot more about these things in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be very important. So I want to get an iPad. <laughs> Um, GoPro. And the, As in the iPad, not the camera. Right. Oh, exactly. I, I play on it. Yeah. The, the 12.9-inch has the best speakers. I mean, it has yep. more screen size, but the, it has amazing speakers. I really like that form factor. That, that's my favorite one right there. If you're going to go iPad, go. go, mm-hmm. go and it has the, the LiDAR out. sensor. So, the, like, the Air doesn't mm-hmm. have the LiDAR, but the Pro does. Mm-hmm. And the Magic Keyboard is also really good, too, at that t- size. So. Do now, we know the trackpad works with VoiceOver? It does not. Okay. I wasn't sure. I, I'd heard conflicting. Yeah, it does, but it didn't. I never got a chance to try it. So. Now, talk is that there might be, um, and I would wait to, I'd wait to do anything for WWDC because there's rumors of a 14-inch iPad, so I would wait and see what Ooh. So, on to Google. Uh, where they they release their own hardware, but let's talk about AI. 
And we're not going to go into the depth of all the AI talk they did, but I want to talk about a few uh, things that they did do. And, you know, they talked about um, AI for, you know, duet for, for workspace and professionals. And basically they're having uh, where you can do um, help me write in Google Docs where you can. That is going to be very yeah. heavily utilized by me. <laughs> I, I have a feeling a lot so of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, Google Lens as an app is going to have AI where you can do image okay. description or or any kind of image you know work where you can ask it questions. So this is actually going to be a more functional Be My Eyes equivalent. Yep. So that I'm curious really what awesome. your thoughts on that. I'm stoked. I, I, I so much tech to buy. <laughs> I I, I want to get the the latest uh, Pixel, not the fold necessarily, but. I'm going to wait for the eight, I think. And, and So where are they bringing this to, this particular app you're talking about, Michael? I believe it's going to be, uh, well, I'm sure it's going to be on Pixel first. It'll be on the phones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they typically bring some of the stuff over to iPhone, but it will most likely start on the Pixel phones as well. All right. Um, and, of course, I believe their Pixel uh, Fold and Tablet that they announced We'll have that as well. Uh, the other thing, and I signed up for this immediately yesterday, and you can do this easily. By the way, if you are a subscriber to Google One, hint, hint, go subscribe to Google One. You will get access uh, and faster um, points on the waiting list for Google Generative Search. And what that is, Ooh. is it lets you get AI search results in standard Google search. So what does Google One include for the people who don't know? So Google One gives you extra Google um, storage. So like Google Drive for your personal account. Um, it gives you, uh, there's several levels of it. I'm paying like $20, I think, uh, for two terabytes just because I like space. Me too. Um, and so you get two terabytes, you get, uh, a few other things. You don't get anything YouTube related. Um, but it gives you like rewards and other perks at Google. Ooh. I think unlimited, I think unlimited Google photo storage. So that's there. Things like that. So is that email and all the docs as well? Like all the, docs, yes. all, the office suite, I guess you could say. Well, they have everything Google that gets included into that space. Well, they have Google workspace for individuals, which is all of that for free. I think it miss it lacks a few of the AI components that you get on the paid plan. I also have Google Workspace for TechOpus Online Solutions, um, which I really like. But um, well, you also don't get the hard drive space until you pay, right? I mean, you get correct. like 15 gigs or something. Right, you get 15 gigs yep. on the free. So if you're Google, if you have Google One, you get um, to get into Google Labs, which is in the Google Search app, just the Google app on iOS. I signed up last night. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I, we're all we're all on the waiting list for that. Uh, What's the monthly cost for Google One? I think there's several pricing tiers. I think there's it goes all the way up to thirty dollars. Hmm. So I do have that mainly for the space for my Google account. So all of those are interesting things to check out in the AI space. There's a lot of developer stuff. They have several, not just one, but several equivalents to GitHub uh, Copilot uh, that will help you write code. Did not see a Visual Studio Code extension, which is what pretty much most of the internet uses. They started naming off all these developer things I've never even heard of, and you know I hear of a lot. So, you know... Aww. Of course, Android Studio will have an equivalent in there. So it's interesting what we're seeing. Um, But the biggest thing I think everybody wants to hear about is devices. Yep. We got a Pixel 7a, which is their affordable, which I think is what the A stands for, affordable, version of the Pixel 7. It's a little bit more expensive this year, I believe, mm-hmm. out of all of the A's that we've seen so far. It's the most expensive. Uh, I think it's coming in at $499, I want to say. Yeah, it, that was kind of the price point yesterday for everything. The $499 range. Um, the tablet's $499. Mm-hmm. The, the Fold is 
the fold well, the is full, not. The fold's not four ninety nine. <laughs> no. Definitely not. That'd be cool if it was. Yeah. But no. Yeah. No. The the Pixel Fold is a 7.6 inch phone uh, tablet when it's unfolded and a regular phone when it's folded. It cost one one thousand. Yes, you heard that right. One thousand seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Yeah. And if you um, go for, for the five twelve gig storage uh, version, it's nineteen hundred. Whoa. So for those of you who yep. maybe don't know. If you think about taking two iPhones, let's say, you know, the average middle of the road iPhone, so a 13 or a 14 regular size, not the large, not the mini, and you were to stack them on top of each other, that's what it would basically look like if it was closed and you'd have a screen on the outside so you can use it closed if you want. But then when you open it up, think of both screens facing you and mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea of what it would be if it was opened up and you'd get that full screen on the inside mm-hmm. now some of the things that they only really have one other competitor in the market that they're competing with right now and some of the improvements in terms of the hardware is they've made the um, joint where it opens up uh, the hinge they would made it a little bit more streamline so it's not so bulky it's a little bit flatter sits a little Mm -hmm. bit closer together and the phone overall when it's closed is a little bit more streamlined and a little bit flatter and thin when it's closed compared to its competitor that's out in the market right now and all of these fold phones have three screens yep they have the one on the outside and then the two that two inside yeah when it's open Although yep. when you open it up on the inside and it's opened into one big screen, it really looks like one screen. At least mm-hmm. that's the look they're trying to give you. Yep. So, um, Lynn, are you going to buy a folding phone? <laughs> I don't think so. Not right now. But it's a good point that you guys brought up is that all of these new, this new hardware, I wonder if, Blind people are going to start getting excited about Google products again. Um, I mean, do you feel that TalkBack is, I guess, I don't want to say advanced enough, but robust enough to, for someone to consider moving to the Android platform? I know this is going to be a very loaded <laughs> question and cause a lot well, of controversy. And you have because iPhone some people, people love who- Android, but, you know... My experience with it has been that it's not as robust as voiceover, but it's getting there. So, yeah, it would it would be really interesting to see. I I didn't hear any talk about accessibility yesterday, which I was kind of. They had a whole session on it. They have a ton of it. There's a ton of oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I pasted okay. that in in and, our. And did text you guys notice yeah, the video? The- the, they had an, um, an, an, a sign language version of the, uh, of the keynote did. yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they had a gamer gaming for muscular dystrophy people. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely, they're definitely right. doing the accessibility thing. I'm so thing. happy to hear that. I really am because mm-hmm. you, know, you just feel like, again, right. you know, the importance of having a choice, of having mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the option if you wanted to go with a. You know, more stylish or more modern phone or whatever. <laughs> but we did not get audio description at the event, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Mm. I don't think they've yeah. ever had that, have they? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but Here's the thing about going to Android hardware, which is still a problem, but I guess you could solve that problem somewhat by sticking with Pixel. And what I mean by that in current state of Android is it's still wild, wild west with Android. You've mm-hmm. got all these manufacturers making all these different phones and they all want to fork the OS into their own OS. But the issue with that is you have every manufacturer on different versions of the OS with different updates coming at different times and some things you get in some versions, some things you don't get. So, It's really convoluted. What I would say is, if you want to have the best 
Google Android experience, Pixel is going to be the way to go because it's coming straight from Google. You're always yeah. going to be the first to get the updates and it's not going to be forked with all of these other things. It's just going to be the raw Android operating system. Mm-hmm. And typically, especially with accessibility, that's going to be the best experience mm-hmm. if you want to go to Android. But I think that if you don't go with Android, it could be possibly a rough road just because you don't know when things are coming, when updates are coming, what versions you're going to be running of operating systems. I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff. Well, is Samsung faster about update updates, like patches and stuff now? They're like, faster than they used to be. Right. I've become more of a Samsung fan than a Google fan just because I like what Samsung does with their cameras and some of their display hardware. They have really good cameras. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But, and their, their devices are rock solid. They're just built like tanks. They're yes. amazing. And, and what about thing, like when do you get software updates and what about accessibility and all of those things? So one mm-hmm. thing that, to remember with Android that we always forget because we're all iPhone users, right? Mm-hmm. On iPhone. I've used Android pretty extensively though. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a split. I mean, I mostly use iPhone, but mm-hmm. I have used Android. Um, quite a bit. I have as well on the, on the Chromebook. Mm-hmm. Well, the Chromebook uses Chrome OS, so it's a bit that's different. That's a different, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. That's a bit different. But Android has this neat f- uh, feature where the operating system is now different from the rest of the features of the operating system. So what I mean by that is like TalkBack and the camera and pretty much all the software on the phone is handled through the Play Store. So they can update what we would consider integral parts of the operating system through the Play Store without getting an operating system update. So Accessibility Suite can get an update whenever whenever they want to mm-hmm. push it. Whereas with cool. VoiceOver users, we have to wait for OS updates or beta mm-hmm. updates. Exactly. For VoiceOver to change. And if they don't fix anything with VoiceOver, you're stuck waiting until the next time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Google updates accessibility stuff. Like, you can... You know, uh, spell check exists, and that was a big productivity hurdle for me the last time I really went Android. Um, you know, no spell check. I wasn't able to uh, effectively write documents on my phone, and I do that all the time with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So you can now do spell checking with uh, Android. You mm-hmm. can, with Android 14, you're going to be able to do navigation with the Braille keyboard. Like you wouldn't ha- even have to use, you know, the, re- the other regular keyboard because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the Braille How thing about is your... app accessibility, though? That was what I found sort of... Oh, I there's a ton of accessible, accessible apps on there. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing with Android, things are just done differently as far as how to navigate and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Android, like, Telegram on iOS has some weirdnesses, but on oh Android... Oh, my God. But on it's Android, really nice. it's great. And so there's some things that are better on one that are better on the other. I started out using Telegram on Android and I mm-hmm. loved it. And then I went to iOS and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? It, it's, it's so weird. Just the way you, you have to navigate uh, the list, you have to scroll. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really tell you they're scrolling. It's like, where am I? Uh, right. How is yeah. Braille support on the Android phone? Getting, I, I think that's the, the, the keywords on, you know, Google uses the words AI. Android accessibility, the keywords are getting better. <laughs> it's always mm-hmm. getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like they're talking about the HID support is coming for USB Braille displays, they didn't say Bluetooth, which is unfortunate, but it's yeah. getting there. Uh, they're 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 yeah, working on that's it. That's feeling that's that's kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've had some weird crap going on with my Mantis and the iPhone lately. So you know, it's like they they right. two steps forward, two steps back with them, and they they, they fix something that's mm-hmm. working really well, and mm-hmm. they break it again. I don't know what it yeah, is well, iOS actually, and Braille, but ugh. definitely the there is there are some weirdnesses with the Mantis on the I, iPhone, oh, but yeah. I still think it's quite doable. Yeah, it, as long as you learn the keyboard, the, the key, the um, keyboard equivalents for how to do things. But even if you don't remember, then you still have your phone right there to, you know, just do mm-hmm. things manually. But I've since I've gotten my Mantis, I mean. I love, I love my phone even more. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so. the, the, 
the one thing about the Pixel phones, they are running the stock Android. I do like Samsung's uh, uh, One OS. I do like it a lot, or, or uh, One UI is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slightly different. It basically it's based on you know Android 13 now, so they are updating it. Um, you know, even my S21 has the update, so they've gotten a lot faster with updates. In fact, I almost get more Android updates now than I get iPhone updates, which is strange on a Samsung. So those are all hmm. good things. Um, yep. The, the last product, uh, well, one thing I do want to mention, did anybody get the complete jab that Google did at Apple? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. RCS, baby. Yes, I did. Switch, <laughs> switch, switch. Pick it up, guys. Come on. And That's Apple refuses standard. to get on the... Apple will, uh, Apple will not touch it. I don't know. They just refuse. RCS has its own problems. Uh, it, is not, <laughs> it is not iMessage. And, you know, I think that Apple would like there to be a better solution. Because one thing that's a problem with RCS is it's a huge data privacy issue. And the reason is iMessage you can send through a phone number or an email, whereas RCS is tied to a phone number. Just a phone number. Mm-hmm. Right, but yep. messages or Apple messages is the only app that you can send through something besides a phone number. Everything else is phone number based. Even if you use a third-party app, it's phone number based. Phone number based. Except for Facebook Messenger. And here's the other thing. The other thing is that... Facebook, yes, you want to have in, number. In the U.S., Apple Messages, because everyone has Apple devices, is really popular. But that's only in the U.S. In the rest of the mm-hmm. world, other things are much more popular. You know, mm-hmm. WhatsApp and other things, you know? Android, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Signal, there's WhatsApp. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff. So, you know... I, I just think that RCS is, is a great attempt, but again, it's tied to the carrier. And so another problem that means is the carrier is getting all that data that, you know, you're sending back and forth, even if it's in the Yeah, and they, want, they wanted to tie, like, wallet to it and your mm-hmm. boarding passes and stuff. Did you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just don't trust RCS that much. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so- it's any better than any of the other apps that are mm-hmm. out there that already, you know, say that they're great security with <laughs> encryption end to end and all this other stuff. What's up you know? in the microphone on Android devices? Have you guys seen this thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, we're going to have to end pretty soon, but I want to talk about the, the last item on the list and that's the, the pixel tablet. Yeah. So, Again, is this the same price point? Is this coming in yes. at four ninety nine? Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. And they're they're giving the speaker dock for free for free with the tablet. And so basically, you get a Pixel tablet and a little dock you can charge it with. But there's a caveat that people aren't realizing. I looked at the technical specs. God, guess what? You're not getting with the tablet. A standard charger. A standard charger. What is the connection on it? Is it USB-C or something else? Um, It is a. It looks like it's a round connector on the back of the. It's a magnet thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it magnetizes to the home dock, and the home dock has like a little round, you know, standard AC to DC like plug that you know plug. mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you don't take your dock with you, then do you have a way to charge the device with just (laughs) a cable? Nope. Nope. Are you serious? I'm serious. Charger. Uh, it says charger yeah. not included on their website. Right, but can you charge it though? Oh yes, it has a USB C port. Yes. Oh, but okay. the charger to do that is not included in the box. Oh no. yeah, well. Nobody but really is putting have, chargers yeah, in the box anymore. Everyone's just putting a well, cable. Well, I'll have a billion USB C cables, especially when the iPhone launches. Yeah. I'm gonna be so glad to get rid of lightning cables. I'm just Me too. I just I just love the fact that uh, I'm trying to get every single thing on USB C. One, 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 yeah. Because then I got one cable. One I know cables. if all else one fails, cable. I got one cable mm-hmm. that's going to charge all I the know. things. You know. Yep. I'm I 
except for my gaming equipment, everything here is USB-C. I love USB-C. Now, and I the, pretty much go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Everything I, I, I iPhone is is uh, MagSafe anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing though, I, well, I have to have Lightning for developer stuff, or else I would just use MagSafe. Oh. The one thing, uh, there's a few things about this tablet that they didn't talk about, and I want to bring them up. And uh, th- the biggest thing is the screen. It is an LCD. Inch. Yeah, it's 11 inch. It's LCD. Um, it's not quite even 4K, I don't think. Nope. LCD, really? T- I yeah. I thought that was like really outdated at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very low spec. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're using the Tensor G2 chip in there, but like... 256 uh, gigs of storage maximum, I think. Mm-hmm. Does it have a, a SD card slot so you can at least... No. no. Wow. Huh. Bluetooth 5.2, not 5.3. Wi-Fi 6, not 6E. Hmm. So who is this for? Uh-huh. This is for home users. This is not... I was really expecting a Samsung Galaxy Tab, you know, killer. I thought this was going to be, you know, they were hyping this thing up for a year, right? Like, this is going to be the tablet of all tablets for Android. I was hoping. And I'm looking at specs, and I I just don't see it. Hmm. I have a, a They basically a, advertised it like, you know, you can do videos conferencing like mm-hmm. Zoom stuff, you can do home automation. Mm-hmm. Pretty lightweight stuff, honestly. Like this is not gonna be you know, just something that you, you just keep it at the house and use it there. Mm-hmm. That that's kinda what they taught it as Yeah. Your your device for home media consumption and, and such. Uh it wasn't it wasn't touted as something that you'd use to get work done. You know, it, it's not mm-hmm. really going to be a productivity device. I mean, no, um, no keyboard stuff. I mean, they have a kickstand case, which looks kind of neat for it, but yep, that's that's about that it. Just let's just stand it up. Mm-hmm. That's all that's for. Yep. So, I I just I think that it's they've they've been teasing this thing for a year. And <laughs> total anticlimax. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I thought, well, I don't think Google's going to do that great with their Pixel tablet. And okay, that, that speaker dock is kind of neat. I won't lie. That's, that's the best feature of that whole thing. But I, I'm glad that I went with the tab, uh, Galaxy Tab S8 Plus as my Android tablet that I purchased. It has an LED screen, has the latest Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good tablet for Android, uh, and it even comes with it comes with basically the S Pen. Now Ooh. this this tablet is uh, you, you can use it with a pen, and they say the kind of pens that it works with, but it does not. Google does not apparently make one, and you have to buy it separately. So. Uh, I don't even think it has a charging place on the tablet to charge a pin. I just, yeah. oh, and only one camera. It, it looks like the original iPad camera. Mm. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know mm-hmm. what they were thinking with this device, but it sounds like they really cut a lot of corners. Right. And it's still coming in I, at somewhat of a premium price, I would say. I heard something a while back. I don't remember when. This is like... Mm, Months ago by now, but I heard it was going to be kind of low, low spec. And unfortunately, that was, that was true. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, going back to the iPad, you know, I feel like Apple has kind of one-upped Google again with just announcing two apps that aren't even out yet. For the iPad. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Tablets. Yeah. And what does that mean for WWDC, which we don't know yet, but does this mean there's going to be new iPads coming? Well, this is the year of the iPad. Typically, it's a, you know, we have, the expression is a tick-tock cycle. So we have iPhone, which is tick, and then iPad is talk. So last year was iPad with the redesigned lock screen widgets and all those things. 
This year, you know, iPad didn't get all of that. So this year, we're going to see a giant upgrade for iPad, I think. There's a rumor, though, that, that the iPhone is going to get a bit of an overhaul with its body this year. Well, the the hardware, yes, but I'm, I mean, just the OS. Mm-hmm. Because this is the third, the, we've had three years of the same iPhone design, so. Yep. Um, it's time. Yep. They always do it time in three-year increments. Every three years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is going to be very interesting, and I think that, uh, you know, let, let's be real. Google's a software company. Apple is a hardware company. Mm-hmm. So. But also, I think Apple's getting into that professional, you know, um, environment again with Final Cut and Logic, and I think Google just can't really keep up with that. No. I mean, and they're still putting out, or uh, Apple's still putting out the Mac Studio, and we're going to see what happens, but supposedly there's a new Mac Pro coming, but we're not sure when or what that's going to look like. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they continue to do those things along with their pro software, they still definitely have a leg up in the pro realm from Google. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn, you've been pretty quiet. What are your thoughts? Sorry about that. I had a mouthful of mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Dinner time. You know, and- Google has a lot of catching up to do in the AI space as well. So they're poverty. They are busy as a company. They have a lot to do. And, um, you know, they've undergone a lot of changes this year. They had layoffs and they had, mm-hmm. they sort of had that, um, you know, that shock of AI. I think we all had the shock of AI mm-hmm. <laughs> this year. That's huge. You know, And I, I think they're scrambling to, figure that out right now um which shocks me because i've always thought that google would have something up its sleeve something really great so we'll have to see what happens but Mm -hmm. i'm still holding on for the the pixel 8 i want to see what they do with that yeah i I do want to see what they do it's going to be i think this year is going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, so I think we're going to go ahead and call it for the day. And, you know, as we get more news, we'll be talking about it on the show. Um, I think we'll be recording it again next week. And I have a very interesting topic. I'll, I'll tease you guys here in the, on doing the show and our audience. I think we're going to talk about um, changes coming to streaming services. Mm, that'll be a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Because apparently there are quite a few changes that are are kind of brewing on the horizon. So I think that'll be a great talk. Yep, yep. And I think it's actually not going to be a bad thing. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Stay tuned for next week, everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. But as we normally do, uh, let's do picks and contact information. So, Lynn, do you want to go first? Do you have a pick? And where can people find you online? Sorry about that, guys. This time it was carrots. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be it. This time it was carrots. Come on. This time it was carrots. No title. (laughs) Yeah, I'm eating well. I have mashed potatoes and carrots. That's right. Chicken. All right. So my pick for this week, I think, is going to be, well, of course, AI, right? And I'm going to say Google Bard. If you guys haven't tried it, go try it. It's, it's, I root for the underdog. So, you know, if you haven't experimented yet with Google Bard, you know, give it a whirl. It's getting better. It's definitely getting better. And um, the more smart people train it, the more smart it for sure. hopefully it will get. So, you know, um, when it's supposedly it's on bad. their new, it's supposedly on their new AI model that they announced yesterday. So that's Palm Two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, it it's wrote me up. a really nice, creepy story last night, which I like Ooh. before bed. So. I love that stuff. It's so much fun to play with, isn't it? Me too. Yeah. 
sometimes you just got to have fun with your AI. You too. What can mm-hmm. I say? You too. <laughs> and, and where can people find you online, Lynn? Well, they can they can uh, write me. I ha- at Kane Prince. That's C-A-N-E-P-R-I-N-T-S at hotmail.com. Okay. Marty, where can people find you online? What's your pick? Well, since we've been talking about iPad, and that's the big news this week, my pick of the week is going to be Fairwrite for iPad, which is a super awesome audio editor for the iPad. It's cost-effective, and it works great with VoiceOver. So if you're looking for an alternative that has a lot of power, but that's somewhat easy to use, I would say check out Ferret for iPad. And uh, you can reach me at feedback at unmute.show. All right. And Angie, what's your pick, and where can people find you online? I don't have a pick uh, this time, but my you can find me online at... Uh, tech enthusiast at dragonscave.space. That's my Mastodon handle. Alrighty. Um, and I have to confess, I was really racking my brain to find a good pick, and I found one. I have been watching, oh, uh, good. I've been watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and I'm on season three, so season three of Deep Space Nine is my pick. Very interesting season. I feel like uh, I've watched all of Voyager. I have not watched all of The Next Generation, but I've, I started next with Deep Space Nine. Really psychological compared to other Star Treks. It's a really makes you think about human interaction and, and how we view each other. Uh, and that season is just like, it just gets better and better. And I've heard that the rest of the show just gets even better. Um, you know, a lot of the fan favorites are Next Generation and Voyager, but I'm really growing to like Deep Space Nine, so I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, so check that out if you are into sci-fi and Star Trek. I think the next show after this one that I'm going to watch it will be the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. So, so many good things to watch. As for where people can find me online, I'm Michael Doeys on most things. Um, Mike Doeys at techopolis.social. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter. If people are still there, you know, the doors are <laughs> still open, but the lights are kind of starting to get turned out. It dim. seems like a little dim. Yeah. Um, yep. There's still a lot of people there. I kind of wish a lot of the YouTubers and, and creators that I follow would make the switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, and that's a whole, nother, that's a whole nother discussion on its own is, is um, uh, Blue Sky and, and Mastodon and that kind of stuff. I think that would be a fun discussion we need to have mm-hmm. on this show. Um, and so you can email me at mikedoes at iCloud.com, and I'm all over the web. Just do a search. Um, for me, this has been a great show. We've had so much good content and so many cool tech things come out. It's a great time to be in technology. I've kind of felt like the tech excitement in the last couple of years has been very stagnant. I feel like we're, we're kind of the momentum for new technology and the momentum that society needed to get people back into technology is kind of shifting again. I think we're starting to see some excitement and some buzz around this space. And so I think we're about to be on a very interesting journey into technology and assistive technology will only benefit from this. So I I'm glad that you guys here are with me for this journey and our audience as well. So thank you guys for all for listening and we will be back next week for another show. We are kind of getting back into the swing of a weekly show. So I'm really excited about that. So I hope you guys will join me and uh, you guys will come back and talk again. And guys go to Wendy's and get your AI on. Go. Just go get your yeah, AI. That, is, that was such a neat <laughs> thing that you can order with AI at Wendy's. That is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't know it if is. it's awesome or not. I mean, if you make your living taking Wendy's orders, it's <laughs> yeah, not well, awful. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's that. There's right. That. But again, thanks for being here. Thank you all for, for coming, and we will see you all next time. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to the IA Cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network. IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.